welcome to episode 6 of the Gem on the Queen's Crown, a podcast about Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio sports. Lee W. Mowen with you here. Follow me on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, the whole spiel, the Lee W. Mowen. And you can also check out GCSN Sports on Facebook and Twitter, the official host of the Gem on the Queen's Crown. Let's jump right into episode 6. It is the beginning of fall sports. And what a time for fall sports it is today. This episode being recorded Wednesday, the 23rd of August. It is quite beautiful out there. Mid-70s, sunshine, can't beat it. So, normally when I say fall sports, what's the first sport you think of? Football! Yes, there is a ton of football out there. High school football, definitely the crowning sport of Southwest Ohio. Great programs all around the state, but Southwest Ohio always seems like it's got the concentrated level of talent. And with high school football in Ohio, not everyone gets into the playoffs. As like any other sport where you play, you play at least one game in the postseason with football. You have to be in the top certain amount of numbers in the state to qualify for a playoff game. Most of the divisions are the first eight get in, and if you're nine or below, tough. I think it's Division One that is 16, I believe. They increased that since Division One. you know, the big schools. There's so many of them in the state of Ohio. When I talk to you about college sports, college football, of course, is king. If you talk to most of the fans around here, they'll tell you that I only watch Ohio State football. But what if I tell you that there's more sports out there than just OSU football? Yeah. And no, we're not going to talk about OSU football. This is a podcast about Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio sports. So, the first thing I like to dive into is college football. There's a numerous amount of programs in Southwest Ohio that play the gridiron sport. You got a couple D1 schools with Cincinnati, Miami, big rivalry there, especially a big, big game at the campus of Miami University. We'll get into that in a little bit. There's also Dayton, which, yes, Division I program, but football does not take scholarships. In the old terms, that's one AAA. Not sure what the term is nowadays. There's FBS, your bowls, FCS, an actual championship, and then there was one AAA. And, of course, you have a couple D2 schools, Central State, Urbana, D3 schools, Wilmington, Wittenberg. You have a couple clubs as well, Miami University again, They not only have a varsity D1 program, they have a club program that's pretty darn good. Wright State University, their club program, very good as well. Xavier University used to have a club program when I was back in college at Wright State. However, I couldn't find any information before today's recording of anything new about Xavier football. So let's get on with it. What are some of the games I should watch, Lee? Well, I made a document, it is seven pages, and wow, about 2,700 words long of 
football and soccer schedules, Doug Brown of GCSN was very kind to make me a college volleyball schedule, which will go on in a little bit. So football, what can you see around the area? Well, we'll start off with Wright State's club team. They play at Mulholland Field, which is behind Alumni Field. It is on the campus of Wright State University. When we first started the program, by we, I mean I was part of the very first group to get football for Wright State. The first spring game was played at Wayne High School at Huber Heights. Then the next few seasons were played at Bellbrooks Field, which I believe is Miami Valley South Stadium. Someone can correct me if that's not correct. But Mulholland Field was built up when they were redoing Alumni Field, and it's very nice to have the club football team on campus. So the first game at home of the season is going to be September 30th against the Ohio State Bugeyes. Yes, not only they have a varsity program too, but they also have a club team as well. And that's going to be homecoming. The first home game and the second game of the season for Wright State will be played at 2 o'clock. So you got your football action, and also Wright State will have soccer games that day as well. More on that later when we splash into soccer. And then the Raiders host the Miami Red Hawks on October 14th. And then the next Saturday, the 21st of October, against the Pittsburgh Panthers. And then they finish off the season on the road at Ohio State and Pittsburgh. They start off the season the 16th of September at Miami University's Jaeger Stadium. Club team and the varsity team share a home in Jaeger. We now jump to Miami's club team. They play the host right state to open up the season. I just realized going off Miami's schedule, the days are off. Miami lists the Wright State home game on the 17th, Wright State listed on the 16th. It could be human error, could be, you know, my error on that, but this is why I pulled from Twitter. Red Hawks will host Pittsburgh on the 30th of September, go on a four-game road swing at Wisconsin-Milwaukee, at Wright State on the 14th, at Ohio State on the 21st of October, and then at Pitt on the 28th before winding up the season on the 4th of November against Ohio State's club team. We now jump to the Dayton Flyers. They play at Welcome Stadium right next to UD Arena. Got a good program led by Coach Chamberlain, a good friend of last week's guest, Mark Schlemmer. And they start off the season on the 2nd of September at Robert Morris before coming home to welcome for a 1 o'clock battle with Southeast Missouri on the 9th of September. Next home game's the 16th against Duquesne Dukes, one of two teams that also call the Atlantic 10 home for non-football sports but are in the Pioneer Football League. And the Pioneer Football League, very good league, however, known for one thing. Most of the opponents are eastbound, in the eastern part of the United States, except for one, that's San Diego. And San Diego is coming to Dayton on September 30th. That is after a road game at Moorhead State. September 30th, the Flyers host San Diego at noon. That's the only non-1 o'clock start for the Flyers football team. To start off October on the 7th, Dayton's at Drake before hosting Campbell on the 14th at Davison, the other A-10 member that calls the Pioneer Football League home to its gridiron Wildcats. On the 21st at Davison, October 28th, Dayton hosts the Butler Bulldogs of Indianapolis, Indiana before 
hosting their final home game on the 4th of November against Marist and the Red Foxes, and then closing out the season mid-November at Valparaiso in Northwest Indiana. Now we jump into D1 for the Miami Red Hawks. Like I mentioned, Jaeger Stadium, the home of the Red Hawks. Last year started 0-6, but came back and won six in a row. They qualified for a bowl. And unfortunately, the Red Hawks did not win that bowl game. But Coach Martin does have his Red Hawks on the right warpath. Starts off with a road game at Marshall on the 2nd of September for opening up the home slate against Austin P. And the Cincinnati Bearcats, that game being the homecoming, Cincinnati versus Miami and Oxford, Ohio. Great rivalry there, Cats and Hawks. Then, to start off, Mac play. Miami takes the road on the 23rd of September at Central Michigan for another non-conference slate, a big one, as the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame host Miami on the 30th of September, close out the month. Family weekend, October 7th, as Bowling Green flies into Oxford, Ohio, for Miami goes on the road at Kent State on the 14th, and then we'll have three home games left of the last five for Miami, Buffalo and Oxford on the 21st, Halloween, the Red Hawks at Ohio, I believe that's a Tuesday, on the 7th and 15th, Miami's home against Akron and Eastern Michigan, respectfully. And on the 21st of November, Miami closes out the regular season in Muncie, Indiana against Ball State. Now on to Cincinnati, calling Nippert Stadium home along with the very successful USL Club FC Cincinnati. The Bearcats start home not too far from now on this 23rd of August. On the 31st of August, Luke Fickle makes his Cincinnati debut as the head coach against Austin P before taking a road trip to Ann Arbor on the 9th of September, taking on the Michigan Wolverines. On the 16th, Cincinnati is at Miami. And like I mentioned, that game will be televised on Fox 19, WXIX, if you're in the Cincinnati area, also on ESPN3. And the nice thing about ESPN3, just give your cable or satellite credentials. I'm trying to think of best word for that but I guess credentials works put in your info say yeah I have ESPN you can watch ESPN 3 and it's literally a bunch of schools out there it's really nice anyway Cincinnati and Miami on the 16th of September on the 23rd Cincinnati is now at Navy on the 30th of September Bearcats come back home against Marshall just the second home game of the first five for Coach Fickle's Cincinnati Bearcats and then it's time for American Athletic Conference play. Starts off at home on the 7th of October against Central Florida. And on the 21st, SMU in Cincinnati. On the 28th, Cincinnati has their first road conference game. They're at South Florida. And on the 4th of November, they're at Tulane. Coming back home on the 10th versus Temple. On the 18th of November at East Carolina. And close out the regular season on the 25th of November against the Yukon Huskies. And that closes out the D1 portion of the Sunday area. Like I mentioned, Cincinnati and Miami, pure D1, where they have scholarships, Dayton, D1, but no football scholarships. And we did mention two club teams in Wright State and Miami. Now we head to Division Two. First off, the Central State Marauders. They call McPherson Stadium home, a beautiful facility. 
in Wilberforce, Ohio. That's just northeast of Xenia, in between Cedarville and Xenia. And it kicks off on the 2nd. Before I mention the Central State schedule, you can listen to the home games of the Marauders football team on GemCitySports.com. Doug Brown has the call for you on GCSN. And also a nice thing about GemCitySports.com, all the games are archived onto the site, meaning you miss the live broadcast of it, no sweat. Just come back, and there it is. Poof. Just like that. Starts off the season, the Marauders do at home on the 2nd of September against Elizabeth City State University. Before starting conference play in the Southern Intercollegiate Athletic Conference, the northmost team is Central State, followed by Kentucky State and most of the schools, as the Southern would lead you to believe, around the Southern states, Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, Tennessee, I think there is a school in Florida, don't quote me on that. Clark Atlanta is the first road game for the Marauders, that's on the 9th of September, before Central State comes back home, takes on Morehouse College on the 16th, another conference game. And on the 23rd of September, make your way to Indianapolis, Indiana for the Circle City Classic at Lucas Oil Stadium, home of the NFL's Indianapolis Colts, and what replaced the now-demolished RCA Dome. That's right, Central State will take on their arch-rivals, the Kentucky State Thoroughbreds. Back on the road goes Central State. They're at Benedict College on the 30th of September before coming home for homecoming on the 7th of October against Miles College. Arkansas Pine Bluff, the next opponent, believe they're D1. And that'll be on October 14th. Marauders have their last home game of the season on the 21st of October against Fort Valley State. And the last two games of regular season, Conference Road Battles at Tuskegee and Lane College. That's your Marauders lineup. Now we take a look up north to the Urbana Blue Knights. Urbana University. Very big game on the 28th. They, the Blue Knights, will have their first football night game. That will be quite the exciting event. They're taking on Charleston on the 28th of September. But first, Urbana's at West Liberty, start Mountain East Conference play. West Liberty awaits Urbana on the 31st of August on the 9th. The Blue Knights come home on the 9th of September, take on Fairmont State. No, no relation to Kettering Fairmont, that's in West Virginia Fairmont State. For hitting the road against fellow D2 opponent Lake Erie on the 16th. And another road battle in Mountain East play for Urbana at West Virginia Wesleyan on the 23rd of September. Mentioned the first night game at Urbana, Charleston in town on the 28th of September. Follow that up with a road battle on the 7th of October against Virginia Wise, another conference game. Notre Dame College, which is Northeast Ohio. I don't think there's any relation other than the name to the South Bend, Indiana Institution on the 14th of October, it is the Falcons of Notre Dame College coming into town. Followed up with a road game at Shepherd, a homecoming battle versus Glenville State on the 28th, at West Virginia State on the 4th of November, and close it out the regular season 11 11 versus Concord 
No, not from New Hampshire. They are from West Virginia as well. Most of the Mountain East hails from the West Virginia area. Now on to D3 football. Quite a couple of schools around here that play D3 football. And the thing about D3 sports, there's no scholarships. So we'll start off with Springfield's very own Wittenberg Tigers. They start off in Pennsylvania against Westminster on the 2nd of September. We're coming home against Oberlin on the 16th at Canyon on the 23rd. By the way, this is North Coast Athletic Conference play for the Tigers. Oberlin at Canyon. And then on the 30th of September versus Denison, the Big Red. I don't think they have anything to do with the gum, but that's another random off-the-wall reference for you. Hopefully, that makes you enjoy my podcast. At Hiram on the 7th of October is Wittenberg, followed up with an Allegheny home game on the 14th. 21st at DePaul in Indiana, just west of Indianapolis are the Tigers, and DePaul, this campus spelled with a W. Nothing to do with the campus spelled with an L on the end in Chicago, the Blue Demons they are. At Walbush at the 28th of October, and two home games to close out November in the regular season for Wittenberg against Ohio Wesleyan on the 4th, and Wooster comes in on the 11th. And now we make our way to the Wilmington Fighting Quakers of Clinton County, Ohio. Wilmington College, also Dub C as their new logo and branding suggests. Big news for Wilmington and also Earlham College out of Richmond, Indiana. The Quaker Bowl is back. And no, this has nothing to do with oatmeal. (laughs) No, but Wilmington and Earlham are going to recreate the Quaker Bowl, which historically is a traveling trophy for football and men's basketball. But this edition features every single sport, and a win is a point, a draw is half a point. Whoever has the most points wins the cup. It'll stay in either Clinton County, Ohio, Wilmington, Ohio, or Richmond, Indiana, Wayne County. So that is quite a bit of news. You can check that out, WilmingtonQuakers.com's got it on the website. They do face the Quakers of Earlham first on the 2nd of September before taking a road trip to Otterbein on the 16th, hosting Columbus-based Capital Crusaders on the 23rd. The Otterbein game, by the way, starting Ohio Athletic Conference play. And that's a conference that me and Jim DeBelt talked about in Episode 4 when he became my first special guest on the podcast. We talked a little bit about that and mentioned how great the OAC and the NCAC are. Also the Heartland, I believe it's the Heartland College Athletic Conference. Very similar to those two, except the HC or the Heartlands, more based in Indiana. Like I mentioned, Capital at Wilmington on the 23rd of September, close out the month on the 30th at John Carroll, and Wilmington continues their road trip on the 7th of October at Baldwin-Wallace, before coming home on the 14th against Marietta and Mount Union on the 21st, Mount Union being one of the strongest D3 programs in the country. The Raiders and, of course, Wisconsin Whitewater. Seems like those two teams are bashing heads for the football championship every year. Heidelberg awaits Wilmington on the 28th. Ohio Northern comes into Clinton County on the 4th of November. And Muskingum awaits Wilmington on the 11th of November to close out the Quakers' regular season. 
And now we go to the other side of the Quaker Cup, Earlham College in Richmond, Indiana. D3, close to downtown Richmond, nice campus. They start off with four road games. Earlham not at home until their fifth game of the season on October versus Franklin College. So that is six of the first seven games at enemy territory for the Earlham Quakers at Wilmington to start off the season at Hiram at Anderson, Indiana to open up conference play at Defiance, Ohio on the 30th and then on the 14th at Mount St. Joseph in Cincinnati, Hanover at Earlham on the 21st, Manchester, the Spartans out of Indiana there on the 28th at Earlham. And then one last road game for the Quakers at Bluffton on the 4th and hosting Rose Holman on the 11th of November. We jump to Mount St. Joseph's football schedule, like I mentioned, the Cincinnati School, D3, the Lions. They start off on the road in Columbus at Capitol against the Crusaders on the 2nd of September for coming home for two straight against DePaul and a conference opener against the Bluffton Beavers on the 16th. September 23rd at Manchester, 30th to close out the month versus Hanover at home. To close out the regular season, that's three of five games played on the road at Rolls. Holman on the 7th, Anderson on the 21st, and at Franklin on the 28th for coming home on the 14th against Orlam and Defiance on the 4th. We now jump down the border. Normally, this podcast doesn't cover Northern Kentucky, but since it's part of Cincinnati, we want to talk a little bit about Thomas More College. Starts off with two home games. They are in the Presidential's Athletic Conference, the PAC, before becoming independents. They are leaving the conference after this season, I believe. They'll host Franklin on the 2nd of September in Bridgewater, Virginia on the 9th before making their first conference game a road trip at Washington and Jefferson. Not just Washington, not just Jefferson, but Washington and Jefferson. I, believe that's, I think that's St. Louis. That might be Washington and Lee out there, but I think it's out there in the Midwest, Washington and Jefferson on the 16th. Carnegie Mellon awaits the Saints on the 23rd before homecoming on the 30th for Thomas More against Westminster, another conference game in the pack. Grove City, Pennsylvania, the next road game on October 7th for Thomas More. Waynesburg at home on the 14th, and St. Vincent at home on the 21st. That's homecoming for Thomas More. On the 28th, it's at Bethany for the last conference road game of the season for Thomas More, and Thiel, the last Regular season game at home on the 4th of November. That closes out the regular season for Thomas More. We now jump across the river again to Cincinnati Christian University. They play their games at Williard Stargell Stadium, once home to the Cincinnati Saints, now the Dayton Dynamo. First home game for Cincy Christian against Ave Maria University on the 26th of August, so just a couple days from Hopefully when I get this podcast up and live. Versus number three, Reinhardt on the 2nd of September. And then Cincinnati Christian on the road for two games at St. Andrews on the 9th and Warner University on the 23rd. Number eight, Lindsey Wilson in Cincinnati against the Eagles of CCU on the 30th to close out September. 
Open up October with a road game at Cumberland. Homecoming versus Campbellsville on the 14th and Bethel at home on the 21st. Kentucky Christian on the road on the 28th. And Faulkner at home to close out the home portion of the football slate for Cincy Christian. And Georgetown College in Central Kentucky awaits the Eagles on the 11th of November. And that is your local football talk for the Sinday area. That's D1, D2, D3, and I believe NAIA, as uh, Cincinnati Christian is. Now we look at college soccer. And college soccer means a lot to me because of my two gigs with University of Dayton and Wright State University. In fact, from the day of this recording, tomorrow is technically my third regular season game, but my first in the Dane area, as I had a fill-in gig with Cincinnati. Very, very excited. Great experience. A lot of fun as the Bearcats went 2-0. The women's soccer Bearcats went 2-0 to start off 2017. We'll start off with Wright State. And on this file, I have the men's and women's soccer combined, the women's soccer in pink and the men's soccer in black. Wright State gets their season off on the 25th this Friday against the Fort Wayne Mastodons. And on the 28th, they'll welcome in the Cincinnati Bearcats. That's a Monday, and I personally know a lot of Dynamo folks that are making the trip to Alumni Field to watch this battle as Peyton Mowry of UC and Tristan Lyle, Eric Hutton, and Austin Kinley, part of the Dynamo Dynamic. That is one of two big games I have circled for Wright State. The other one being against Bowling Green on the 10th. And if you listened or watched my Dynamo broadcast, you'll know I talked that up a storm once I figured out Bowling Green was at Wright State on October 10th. The Fort Wayne Cincinnati at home for Wright State, 25th, 28th of August, before starting September off with the first road trip. Two road games in a row for the Raiders. They're at West Virginia on the 1st and at Ohio State on the 4th. Wright State has a winning record historically against Ohio State. Used to be back in the day, Ohio State, Wright State used to have home and homes, but don't really see too much of that. Then Horizon League action starts. Oakland and the Golden Grizzlies pick to win the whole kit and caboodle preseason pool. They're at Fairborn on the 9th of September. That's a big game for Wright State. And then three road games for Wright State on the 12th at Duquesne to complete the home-and-home there. Last year, Wright State won 3-2 against the Dukes of the Atlantic 10. At UIC, a team picked to finish second in the Horizon League on the preseason poll. The Raiders will be in Chicago on the 16th. And on the 19th, they'll finish up a home-home against Eastern Illinois. And then back home on the 23rd, more conference play. They'll take on the Green Bay Phoenix. And then Coach Davis, he played his collegiate soccer at Wisconsin. He gets a chance to coach his Raiders against the Badgers at Madison, Wisconsin on the 26th. And to close out September, homecoming for Wright State, the men will take on Detroit Mercy later that night. That's a 7 o'clock game, and the women will take on Milwaukee at 3 o'clock. And like I mentioned, Wright State's football team plays Ohio State at 2. So, yes, there's a lot of things happening in Alumni Field. Get there early for parking because they take up the main lot for the student get-together. And this year is also the WWSU and the Guardian, the student newspaper Wright State homecoming. And 
As someone that spent quite a bit of time at WWSU, I can tell you that has been heavily circled in my agenda with a permanent marker. It's a weekend I'm not missing or anything. Wright State then heads to Belmont. Belmont not a member in the Horizon League except for men's soccer, and I believe this is their last year of that agreement. The Bruins hosting Wright State on the 7th. Bowling Green in town on the 10th. That's the Interstate 75 Cup. And at Milwaukee to continue Horizon League play on the 14th. Northern Kentucky in town on the 21st. At Cleveland stay on the 28th. And Horizon League newcomer IUPUI, which is short for Indiana University, Purdue University, Indianapolis. And before you ask, no, they can't just rename it Indianapolis. There is a Division II school in town that is UND and Indianapolis. They're the Greyhounds. They have to have a very good program as well. But IUPUI in town on the 3rd of November. And that wraps up the regular season for Wright State. They have a chance to host the semifinals and finals if they are the number one seed. If you're the three or four seed, you get to host a quarterfinal match. If you're the second seed, you don't get to host anything, but you do have a bye. So there's that. Now we look at the women's soccer schedule. As women's soccer in Division One has already started, Wright State is one win and one loss in the season. They were at the University of Nevada Las Vegas tournament. The Rebels handed the Raiders their first loss on the 20th, 5-1 UNLV1. But before that game, Weber State was handed a loss from Wright State, 1-0 Raiders won that game. The home portion starts tomorrow against Western Michigan, the Broncos of the Mid-American Conference. Before Wright State takes a short hop to Oxford, Ohio to play the Red Hawks on the 27th. Back home next Thursday, the 31st, against the Bonnies of St. Bonaventure, which will be the very first time St. Bona and Wright State have played women's soccer against each other. A road trip for Wright State at West Virginia on the 4th. The men play there on the 1st. On the 4th, they're at Ohio State. Before coming home against former Horizon League member Valparaiso on the 8th. They're at Bowling Green on the 10th of September before starting Horizon League play against the Youngstown State Penguins. That's on the 15th. And then D3 Capital comes into town on the 17th for a two-conference road game slate begins for Wright State at Green Bay on the 23rd. Wright State handed Green Bay a 5-1 loss at home last year. And then Northern Kentucky, who defeated Wright State twice, once in regular season, once in the postseason. They'll be at Highland Heights. The Raiders will on the 27th. Homecoming game, like I mentioned, a 3 o'clock First kick for Wright State hosting Milwaukee. And the women at home against Oakland on the 7th. At IUPUI on the 13th. Home versus Cleveland State on the 18th to wrap up the home slate. And then on the road at UIC on the 21st. And October 27th, last game of the regular season at Detroit Mercy. Now we take a look at the Dayton Flyers. My first game with Dayton will be Friday. As the men host East Tennessee State University, the Buccaneers at Bojan Field on the 25th, Coach Curry's Flyers at Fort Wayne on the 27th, Fort Wayne getting a little Wright State-Dayton rally, a little taste at Wright State and home against Dayton. Western Illinois in town on the 1st of September, 
for the Flyers. That is a doubleheader, which we'll get to the women's opponent next. At Belmont are the Flyers on the third, and then the Dayton Tourney starts with Fort Wayne, Liberty, and Central Arkansas. The Flyers have Central Arkansas and Liberty, Central Arkansas on the 8th of September, 10th against Liberty. Fort Wayne and Dayton won't play in that tournament because, again, they've already played. They play in northwest, northeast Indiana. Excuse me. Fort Wayne will get Liberty first. That'll be the first game of the tournament. Then Dayton, Central Arkansas, the Bears. And then Liberty, the Flames versus Dayton, and Fort Wayne and Central Arkansas before that. Flyers hit the road for two at Northern Kentucky and Western Michigan the 13th and 17th of September. Home versus Oakland on the 20th, and at West Virginia the 23rd. Seems like all the local teams are at West Virginia this season. Wright State's men, women, and Dayton's men. And then conference play starts. The Atlantic 10 gets underway at Davidson for the Flyers on the 30th. Back home on the 4th against St. Joseph's in the Hawks. George Washington awaits Dayton on the 7th of October. St. Bonaventure at Dayton on the 14th. At St. Louis on the 18th. The Westernmost team in the A-10. St. Louis and the Billikens. Flyers host UMass on the 21st. At Duquesne on the 28th. And November the 1st, the last home game for the Flyers of the regular season. Coach Greg Andrulis, most notably known for leading the Columbus crew their first few years in the MLS and also leading the Wright State Raiders for quite a long time. He'll take his Patriots of George Mason to Bojan Field against the Flyers on the 1st of November. And then the Flyers host the Atlantic 10 men's soccer tourney that will begin November 10th. The quarterfinals will be held by the higher seeds, but Dayton will get to host the whole kit and caboodle, regardless if the Flyers make the tournament or not. So that'll be lots of soccer to catch if you like yourself some college soccer. And I'm saying this with an inflection because guess what? I'm announcing it. And I cannot wait. The last time I had A-10 tourney was broadcasting the women's in 2014. Very, very cold, and the Dayton Flyers women actually defeated LaSalle. Now we look at the women. Flyers with a first-year head coach, Eric Goles, taking over the longtime head coach, Mike Tucker. And of course, Coach Tucker coaching the Dutch Lions women's squad this summer. Started coaching, Mike Tucker did, in 1995. He was the head coach of the Flyers for 22 years. Eric Goles now takes over a well-established Dayton Flyers women's squad. They lost 3-2 in OT to East Carolina and 2-0 at UNC Wilmington against the Seahawks. Their first home game will be Sunday, the 27th of August. They'll take on St. Francis, Pennsylvania against the Red Storm. And on the 1st of September, Marshall comes into town for road games at Purdue, Akron, and Kent State. The Flyers come home on the 15th against Ohio. And the good old Xavier Dayton battle lives on in Cincinnati on the 15th. The Musketeers women host the Flyers. Before 8-10 play starts, VCU hosting the Flyers on the 21st. First 8-10 home game against George Mason 24th. LaSalle's on the road for the Flyers on the 28th. And then to open up October, Dayton on the road for... Two conference games and make it three conference games and home for four. Flyers will be home against Davidson on the 1st, Duquesne on the 12th of October, George Washington on the 15th and the 19th against Richmond. 
Richmond Spiders being the host for the women's soccer tourney, by the way. And on the road at St. Louis on the 5th, St. Joseph's on the 8th, and UMass to close out the regular season on the 22nd. It closes out Dayton Flyers women's soccer and men's soccer talk. Miami University, they do not have a men's soccer team, just women's. Historically, yes, Miami did have a men's soccer team, but that was back in the time that they were known as the Miami Redskins. The Red Hawks do not have a men's soccer team, just women's soccer team. They have an 0-2 record to start off 2017. They lost at St. Louis, an A-10 foe, 3-0, and at Louisville, 2-0. First home game will be the 25th for the Hawks. They'll host Miami, Florida. And of course, Miami, Ohio, Miami, Florida. The difference is Miami University is in Oxford, Ohio, and was first. And Miami, or actually University of Miami, that's in Florida. They're the Hurricanes. And actually, the Hurricanes were the Hurricanes women's soccer team was at Dayton a long time ago. I guess that was first or second year I was PA for Dayton Flyers soccer. And that Miami host rights day on the 27th, a good battle there. And if you don't know your history, Miami University had a branch where Wright State is. That was kind of the birth of Wright State University. Illinois makes their way to Oxford, Ohio on the 3rd of September before the Red Hawks hit a long, extensive road trip for away from Oxford. At Evansville and Illinois State to close out non-conference play until MAC play begins, and then at Toledo and Bowling Green, 22nd, 24th. First home match in conference play, the 29th against Kent State. Ohio awaits October 1st. Northern Illinois awaits Miami on the 5th. Before the Red Hawks host the Three directional Michigan campuses. Western Michigan's up first on the 8th. Central Michigan on the 13th. Eastern Michigan on the 15th. Before the Red Hawks have two more road games at Akron and at Buffalo. For closing out the regular season on the 26th against the Cardinals of Ball State. Now we look at the Cincinnati Bearcats. We're going to start off with the women's squad this time. Like I mentioned, I had the honor of filling in for two of those games. The Bearcats won the first game 1-0 against the Bulls and 2-0 against the Boston University Terriers. And their next home game is actually tomorrow against the Pittsburgh Panthers. So four home games to start off Coach Stafford's Bearcats. And the brief time I saw Cincinnati's women's soccer team, very, very impressed. Lots of talent to swap in and out. It's a well-oiled machine, the UC Bearcats women's soccer team are very talented. If you have the opportunity, go down to UC and watch them play. Like I mentioned, 2-0 start for UC, beating Buffalo and Boston. Pittsburgh's home tomorrow, and Miami, Florida is in town the 27th. And then UC has their first road matches of the season at Northwestern, Big Ten Cats, and at Northern Kentucky. Last year, the Norse and the Bearcats played leave at Nippert Stadium and they had the biggest record for a women's soccer match Ohio definitely but I want to say maybe United States I'm not sure on that but it was a big record I think it was close to 7,000 people which is amazing Bearcats host Purdue on the 10th at LSU on the 14th and then the AAC fun can begin Central Florida at Cincinnati on the 21st, South Florida in town the 24th, and then the Bearcats hit the road for two conference games, UConn 
on the 28th and Temple on the 1st of October. Moorhead State, non-conference thrill for the Bearcats on the 6th. Tulsa, Memphis at home on the 12th and 15th. At Houston on the 19th. And at SMU to close out the season on the 22nd. We now look at Coach Hilton Day's men's soccer Bearcats. And if you know your soccer history around here, Coach Day's a Wright State legend. Coach the women's, coach the men's. Graduated from Wright State. He's the longest tenured Bearcats coach. He started in 2000 for UC. And he went through a series of conference changes when Cincinnati jumped from Conference USA to the Big East and the Big East to the AAC. He'll start off with a home game against Gardner-Webb on the 25th and then at Wright Stay on the 28th. Like I mentioned, if you love your Dayton Dynamo, you will circle that one. You will do everything you can to get to Alumni Field. You don't want to miss it. And I'm not saying that because you get to hear me over the PA. I promise. IUPUI at Gettler Stadium on the 1st of September. And then the Bearcats hit the road Western Michigan on the 4th. Xavier versus Cincinnati, this time at Gettler Stadium on the campus of UC on the 8th. At Kentucky on the 12th. At Bowling Green on the 16th. Again, Dynamo fans, this is a little bit longer of a trip because Cincinnati's at Bowling Green. But you had to see Peyton Mowry and Tate Robertson duel on the pitch instead of being on the same team like they were with the Dynamo. And then AAC play begins. American play starts off at home against Memphis on the 23rd. Non-conference still against Green Bay on the 26th. At South Florida on the 30th. Home versus UConn on the 7th of October. At Temple on the 14th. Another non-conference slant against Fort Wayne on the 18th. Home versus SMU on the 21st. Cleveland State against Cincinnati and Southwest Ohio on the 24th at Tulsa on the 28th and the last game of the regular season is at UC, is at home against UCF Central Florida on the 4th. That's your look at Cincinnati soccer. We now take the jump to Xavier soccer. Xavier plays on the campus of Xavier University. That sounds obvious, but it is on the Western side of Victory Parkway. Nice field. Once the home of the Cincinnati Dutch Lions. Very nice field. Also, if you bring a blanket along, you can sit on the steep hill right behind the bleachers. I like Xavier's field. The men start off on the 25th against Loyola Chicago. And the 27th, they're at home against Drake. Starts off the road slate at Harvard on the 1st. Boston College on the 4th. And they're at Cincinnati. Yes, I know. It's about... Five minutes. No, who are we kidding? With Cincinnati traffic, it's about 10 hours. No, uh, they're at Cincinnati on the 8th, hosting Cleveland State on the 12th, and then your Big East Conference slate can begin. Home versus the Georgetown Hoyas on the 16th, a non-conference road game at Kentucky on the 20th. Conference play begins again on the 23rd at St. John's, home against Providence on the 30th of September. Another non-conference tilt, this time at home against Detroit Mercy. That ought to be a good game on the 3rd of October. On the 7th, at Villanova. At Creighton on the 14th. Home versus Marquette and the Golden Eagles on the 21st. At DePaul on the 25th. Home versus Seton Hall for the last regular season home game for the Musketeers. On the 28th of October and November 1st, close it out with a trip to Indianapolis. The Butler Bulldogs await November 1st. 
For the women, they are 1-1 one one this season, started off with a 3-2 win against Cleveland State and lost to Duke 3-1. Their next game's on the 25th against Ball State and the 27th against the Pittsburgh Panthers. On the 1st of September, another home game for Xavier, Eastern Kentucky in town. Ohio visits on the 3rd before Xavier hits the road for the second time this year. They are at Duquesne. A former Atlantic 10 battle there, the Kane Dukes and the Xavier Musketeers. Xavier jumped from the A-10 to the Big East. You know, when that whole Big East melting thing happened, and then the Big East lived on with about the same amount of schools. They still have a Cincinnati representation, but not from the Bearcats, this time the Musketeers. Holm versus Norman, Kentucky on the 10th. That'll be a good Cincinnati battle there at Xavier. Holm versus Kent State on the 14th. Holm versus Dayton on the 17th. Lots of home games in the non-conference slate for Xavier. Before Big East play starts, Creighton Providence in town the 24th, 28th. At Villanova to start off October on the 1st. At Butler on the 5th. Holm versus DePaul. The Blue Demons, not DePaul with a W, on the 8th. At Marquette on the 14th, home versus Seton Hall on the 19th, at St. John's, and at Georgetown the 26th, and that wraps up 2017's regular slate for Xavier. And that wraps up most of the D1 schools. We'll jump to Northern Kentucky. I kind of have it out of order because I didn't remember until, oh yeah, I'm typing up Thomas More's schedule. I was like, oh yeah, sorry Norse. I didn't mean to forget about it, I promise. We'll start off with the women, a 2-0 record for the Norse. A very, very talented Norse squad. Saw that last season at Wright State. And this year the Norse get to host the Raiders. They won against Eastern Kentucky 2-1 and another 2-1 win, this time against Moorhead State. They're at Indiana State on Friday before coming back home on the 29th versus Appalachian State. Murray State in town on the 3rd. Cincinnati on the other side of the river on the 7th, which, by the way, it's probably already well-known, but if you don't know, Cincinnati Hoops will be played at NKU this year as Fifth Third Arena gets the renovations done. At Xavier on the 10th, and then UIC comes into Norfolk, Kentucky to start Horizon League play. That's the 15th of September at Youngstown State on the 23rd, home versus Wright State on the 27th, at Detroit Mercy on the 30th, at Milwaukee on the 7th of October, home versus Green Bay on the 14th, and two of the last three conference games are on the road for the Norse. They're at Oakland on the 18th, and newcomers IUPUI on the 27th. Sandwiched in the middle of those two road games, Cleveland State in town on the 21st. That's the women's side, and for Northern Kentucky, the men will start off against Oakland City. They're non-D1, and I believe Oakland City, one of the founding members of what's now called the Horizon League, back in the 70s. I think they dropped out of D1 in 85 or so, if I remember my history. And then it turns out, no, that's not the right school at all. It's another O-City school, but that's what I remember. UC Irvine in town for NKU on the 27th, and Fort Wayne 2 on September 1st, before the Norse hit the road at Eastern Illinois, and then it is conference time for NKU. Belmont in town on the 9th, non-conference tilt against Dayton Flyers on the 13th, at Cleveland State on the 16th, home versus Marshall, another non-conference game against the Thundering Herd, 
Home against conference foes IUPUI. Home versus Memphis on the 25th. At Milwaukee on the 30th. And then October, the Norse will have three home games to three road games. Two home games in a row to start off October against Oakland and UIC on the 7th and 14th. And then the road trip begins for the Norse at Wright State on the 21st, at Detroit Mercy 28th, and at Evansville for a non-conference tilt on Halloween. And on the 3rd of November, Green Bay comes to town to wrap up the 2017 regular season. That's your look at D1 soccer. Now we take a look at non-D1 soccer. A couple of schools in D2 that have programs, Cedarville and Urbana being the two. And they are quite strong programs, especially the men. As I mentioned on a Dynamo broadcast a couple times, Paulo Pinto had a very strong record. His goals allows average was around one. That's for the season. That's not per game. That was a very strong average that Pinto put up for his Yellow Jackets. They'll start off on the 31st at Bellarmine and then start off home play against Indianapolis and GMAC foe, that's Greater Midwest Athletic Conference, Ohio Valley on the 6th, at Lake Erie on the 9th, and before I continue with Cedarville's men's soccer team, as someone that has seen the GMAC when Central State was a part of the conference, this conference has really grown. They have really picked the pockets of the Great Lakes Intercollegiate Athletic Conference. I mean, that was the D2 conference. They had lots of teams. But it seemed like the GMAC has picked up a lot of Ohio and West Virginia schools. It is quite a strong conference. And I see that Finley, the Oilers, are now part of that as well for soccer. So very, very cool to see. And very cool to see the GMAC grow in the way they have. For the Yellow Jackets, they'll have home games on the 2nd, the 6th, like I mentioned, Indianapolis and Ohio Valley. At home again on the 19th against non-conference foe California, Pennsylvania. There's also an Indiana University, Pennsylvania too. But these are the Vulcans of California and they are in western Pennsylvania. They play their home games, or they did once upon a time, at the Ice Garden, Rostopher, Pennsylvania near Bell Vernon. At home against Ohio Dominican, Kentucky Wesleyan on the 21st and 28th. Javeka Nazarene on the 30th. At home against Malone, Walsh University on the 12th and 14th of October, and Lake Erie on the 21st. For the women, lots of home games to slice and dice through. The 31st of August, Saginaw Valley State University. Home against Lewis University on the 2nd of September. Ohio Valley, believe that's a doubleheader for the Yellow Jackets on the 6th. Ohio Dominican on the 21st, Finley on the 23rd, Kentucky Wesleyan on the 28th, Trevecca Nazarene on the 30th of September. Lots of home games for the Yellow Jackets women's soccer team. A long road trip before Cedarville back at home against Ursuline College. Ursuline being a women's only university in Pepper Pike, Ohio. That's Northeast Ohio. And they are the Arrows. Ursuline College. And then the last home game of the season against the Storm of Lake Erie, 21st of October. We now jump to Urbana. They start off the year, the men's soccer team does, at Ohio Dominican for the Interstate 70 Cup. Wright State Bowling Green have the I-75 trophy, but it's the Ohio Dominican Panthers and the Urbana Blue Knights for the I-70 Cup. 
That'll be in Columbus, Eastern Columbus. Real nice campus ODU has. Home for the Blue Knights. They're hosting Gannon on the 6th of September. Mountain East play against Shepard starts on the 14th. Concord on the 24th. West Virginia Wesleyan. Home on the 8th of October. Willing Jesuit on the 12th. Charleston on the 18th. And Notre Dame College on the 25th. For the women, their home games look like this. The 31st of August. Welcome in the Indianapolis Greyhounds. Notre Dame College to get an early jump on conference play on the 5th of September. Shepard on the 14th. Concord on the 24th for the Women's Soccer Blue Knights. Concord on the 24th. Fairmont State on the 6th. West Virginia Wesleyan on the 8th of October. Willing Jesuit on the 12th. Charleston on the 18th. West Liberty on the 25th. That's your home games for both Cedarville and Urbana. We now jump to Indiana University East. They are a NAIA program, also in Richmond, Indiana. However, their home games are listed at Centerville High School. That's not Centerville, Ohio. That's Centerville, Indiana. And yes, it does get a little confusing when you follow media personnel in Dayton and Richmond and Centerville is mentioned quite frequently this is centerville indiana they are the home of the bulldogs and it is a smaller town compared to centerville ohio however i believe they're the home of the warm glow candle place you know if you like candles which has everything to do with sports shut up leave me alone home games for iu east and the red wolves are as follows you're gonna have to wait a little bit because the men's soccer Red Wolves, they start off on the road at Huntington, Concordia, Michigan, Lords University, Lincoln Christian, UC Claremont, and Earlham College, that being the closest game to a home game, before the 16th of September, IU East hosts the University of St. Francis. Another road game for IU East before the home slate thickens. Goshen College on the 23rd and the first conference game of the River States Conference. Ohio Christian in town on the 30th. Point Park in at the 12th. Carlo on the 14th. Cincinnati Christian. Actually, scratch that. That Cincinnati Christian games at Xavier on the 21st. So if you would like to see IU East and Cincinnati Christian duel, it will be at Xavier. Actually, we'll get to this point in a little bit. Two more home games for the men's soccer Red Wolves. Brescia, B-R-E-S-C-I-A. I think that's Brescia, probably Brescia. That's a conference game on the 26th of October and midway to close out the regular season 28th. For the women, not so long for a wait for the first home game. Indiana Wesleyan in town on the 26th, just a couple days from this recording. UC Claremont in town on the 7th. University of St. Francis, that's a doubleheader on the 16th. Ohio Christian starts off the conference play on the 30th. Allegheny on the 21st. And that is your look at all the IU East home games for soccer. Like I mentioned, a university right off US 27, northern part of Richmond, Earlham, closer to downtown on the west side of Wayne County's biggest city. Now we jump to Division Three Earlham. Like I mentioned, they call Richmond, Indiana home. And the first home game for the men against Heidelberg on the 1st, Oberlin on the 2nd, Indiana East on the 9th, Wooster on the 16th, Wilmington for the 
Quaker Bowl on the 20th. And then at home against the Bluffton Beavers to start off HCAC play. That's on the 30th. At home versus Defiance on the 11th. Hanover comes in on the 18th. Franklin College on the 21st. That wraps up the home slate as the Quakers will have conference road games at Rules Human, Mount St. Joseph in Cincinnati, Anderson, Indiana, Transylvania, and Manchester, Indiana. For the women, they'll have two home games on the 7th and 9th against McMurray and St. Mary of the Woods. Not to be fused with St. Mary of the Lakes or St. Mary's of the Land. I don't know why I'm making those jokes. I'm terribly sorry. Those will probably be edited out. Berea College comes calling into Richmond on the 16th, Marietta on the 23rd, and conference play begins with the Beavers of Bluffton on the 30th, Rose Hulman in town the 3rd, Hanover on the 18th, Franklin College and Transylvania on the 21st, 25th of October, and close out the regular season at Manchester. We move on back to Wittenberg. Alberto Zaragoza of the Dynamo. He'll lead his Tiger teams against the following home games. Mount St. Joseph, the first one for Wittenberg on the 13th. That will follow a string of five road games for Wittenberg. They're at Thomas Moore, Marietta, Ohio Northern, Anderson, Indiana, Manchester, Indiana to start off the year. At Wilmington, a battle of the W's of Springfield and Wilmington in Clinton County. And that will be part of the Kiwanis Classic the Quakers of Wilmington hosting a big tournament. And Wittenberg gets the host Quakers and the Hanover Panthers. At Canyon to start off conference play in the North Coast. Home against Earlham on the 26th. Oberlin and Wooster. Home conference games on the 1st and 7th of October. Denison on the 14th. DePaul on the 17th. Allegheny on the 21st. And for the women, their first home game will be on the 6th against Wilmington. They do have a battle at Wisconsin-Whitewater for their classic. They'll take on an opponent to be determined and the host Wisconsin-Whitewater squad. Home versus Capital on the 20th. Transylvania in on the 27th. They will have a conference game at Kenyon, sandwiched on the road. And on the 1st begins home conference play for the Tigers of the women's soccer squad. Oberlin on the 1st. Wooster on the 7th. Denison on the 14th. At DePaul on the 18th. Allegheny is the last home game for Winburg. That's on the 21st of October. Now on to the Wilmington Quakers. Like I mentioned, they have a huge tournament. But first, they travel to Ohio Northern against Thomas Moore and Kalamazoo at ONU. I believe that's around the Ada slash Alima area. The Polar Bears, as they're known. They'll be home first for that classic, the men's soccer will. Wittenberg and UC Claremont for traveling on the road against Earlham. And then hosting Bethany, Hanover on the 23rd, 26th of September. And then OAC play starts with John Carroll on the road. Capitals at home for Wilmington on the 3rd. Otterbein on the 11th. Marietta on the 14th. Mountain Union on the 21st. And for the conference games on the road, like I mentioned, John Carroll for the men's soccer team. Baldwin-Wallace, Ohio Northern. Muskingum and Heidelberg, the student princes, are what Heidelberg is known for that and being a beer distribution company in Dayton, Ohio. For the women, they'll have the Mount St. Joseph tourney start off the year, Transylvania and the host Lions before coming home on the 9th against Manchester, the host Earlham, Anderson, Indiana in town, 
They'll take on a pair of Ohio teams in Ohio Wesleyan and Ohio Christian on the 20th and 23rd, and then OAC play starts at home against John Carroll on the 7th, against Baldwin-Wallace, Ohio Northern on the 18th, and Muskingum and Heidelberg on the 24th and 28th, respectfully. The road opponents for the OAC for the women's soccer Quakers are as follows, with at Capital, at Otterbein, at Marietta, and at Mount Union. We now jump to Thomas Moore, the Saints, not only with a football team, but a pair of soccer teams as well. Make it three home games for the Saints to start off the year. September 1st against Wittenberg, the 3rd against Hanover, and the 5th against Center College. That's in Danville, Kentucky. They're at the ONU Invitational as well. They'll take on Wilmington and Ohio Northern, the host at Kenyon, at Transylvania, home versus Capital on the 23rd, and then conference play starts on the 30th at Grove City. Washington and Jefferson comes into town on the 3rd, Ohio Wesleyan and on-conference till on the 5th, Waynesburg in on the 7th, another pack battle, Geneva on the 17th, Westminster on the 24th, and road opponents for Thomas Moore College, St. Vincent, well, Grove City first, but St. Vincent, Bethany and Thiel. T-H-I-E-L. I'm sure that's Thiel. Maybe it's Thiel. I'm not sure. I'm sorry. Women, they'll have a tournament at Franklin College against Rolls-Hulman and the host Franklin College. They're at Capitol for coming home for their first home game on the 9th of September against Augustana, Illinois. Kenyon in town on the 16th. 23rd against Ohio Northern. And then Pack. Battles begin on the 30th. They're at Grove City, Pennsylvania. Nothing to do with Grove City, Ohio, the suburb in Columbus. Against Washington and Jefferson on the 3rd. Waynesburg on the 7th. Chatham on the 14th. Geneva on the 17th. And Westminster at home on the 24th. For the Saints, their road battles in the pack will face Grove City, St. Vincent, Bethany, and Thiel. Much like the men's soccer team. Mount St. Joseph, the Lions, they have a Frostburg State invite to attend to against Bridgewater, Virginia, and the host for hosting Cincinnati Christian and UC Claremont the 7th and 9th of September. Back home on the 17th against Heidelberg and Southern State on the 19th. Spalding in town the 22nd, and they'll host Georgetown, Kentucky for the second to last home non-conference tilt. And then Transylvania in town the 4th, Earlham on the, the 7th of October, Franklin on the 14th, that's the last non-conference tilt, at least that's what I had on the schedule, Rolls-Hulman on the 18th, Manchester 21st, and that wraps up the home slate for Mount St. Joseph's men's soccer team. The women's soccer team, they have their own tourney, they'll host Wilmington and Salem on the 2nd and 3rd, Mount Union on the 6th, Spalding on the 9th, Heidelberg on the 17th, they're at... UC Claremont, which if you don't know where that is, that's in Bactavia, Ohio, a branch campus of Cincinnati. Also have a branch campus in Blue Ash, however, I don't believe they have athletics there. At home against Heidelberg on the 17th, Fontbonne on the 23rd, that's a road game, but I wanted to bring up, that is the first time I ever heard of Fontbonne, that might be Fontboon, I'm not entirely sure, it's F O N T. B-O-N-N-E. Next home game won't be for a while. That is a string of five in a row on this page. 
And five in a row is that road slant for the Lions women's soccer team. They're out three home games in a row after starting conference play at Anderson, Indiana, and Transylvania. Earlham, Bluffton, Franklin on the 7th, 14th, and 7th, 11th, and 14th of October at Rolls Human. And then hosting Manchester and Hanover to close out the home portion of their 2017 calendar. That's on the 21st, 25th for closing out the season at Defiance on the 28th. And now we look at Cincinnati State, what well, we would if I could find a schedule. You see, last week it was announced that Cincinnati State would briefly get rid of all athletics with the exception of soccer because they had their teams lined up, the surge did. And that's a huge loss, be- and that was Sinclair Community College's closest foe. Sinclair does not field football, nor do they field soccer. Although they would have a home at Athletes in Action, I'm sure, if the need for soccer ever arose from the downtown Dayton campus. Cincinnati State will have soccer, however, I cannot find a schedule for either. In fact, we scroll up here to where I actually have Cincinnati State. I have two home games for the men. It is September 30th against Lakeland Community College and the 1st of October against Cuyahoga Community College. Like I mentioned, not a lot of community colleges have soccer. Sinclair does not. And the women's soccer team, I could not find anything for the upcoming 2017 season. So I do apologize about that, Surge fans. But we'll move on to UC Claremont. They will play their games at West Claremont Middle School, a combination of Glen Esty and, I believe, Amelia High School. The Barons and the Trojans. And they become Wolves. For the Cougars of UC Claremont, their first home game will not be until the 7th of September where they host the IU East Red Wolves. They'll be at Mount St. Joseph on the 9th at Southern State. That's towards the Hillsborough area, if my memory serves me right. They will take part in the Wilmington Kiwanis Classic. They'll take on Hanover and the host Quakers before coming home on the 22nd. The men's soccer team takes on Shaw University. Asbury College comes in on the 23rd. Boyce College on the 2nd of October. Cincinnati Christian on the 4th. Midway on the 10th. RMU Springfield, which I can only assume is short for Robert Morris University. They do have a branch campus in Illinois and their main campus in Moon Township, Pennsylvania. I actually considered going to Robert Morris University when I was looking at colleges, and I picked Wright State. But RMU Springfield at West Claremont Middle School on the 12th, Southern State, Cincinnati State, and Oakland City, 23rd, 27th, 28th, to round up the home slate for the Cougars. The women's soccer team, they'll start right off the bat on the 31st of August against Cincinnati Christian. They'll host Mount St. Joseph on the 13th of September. Won't be back at home until the 22nd, also against Shaw University. They'll be at home on the 2nd of October against Kentucky Christian. Southern State in town on the 4th. Penn State Scranton on the 14th of October. And Oakland City, the last home game of the regular season for UC Claremont's women's soccer team on the 28th. And now we get to Cincinnati Christian, the last school I have for soccer. And I have it mapped in such a way where the home games are either at Xavier University or Western Hills. We'll go over what is at Xavier first for the Cincinnati Christian Eagles. They'll host Boyce College on the 5th, Kentucky Christian on the 20th of September, Point Park on the 30th, 
And they'll host two more games at Xavier in October against Brescia on the 14th and Indiana East on the 21st. And the home games not at Xavier. They'll be at Western Hills High School. Lincoln Christian on the 12th. Hiwassee College. H-I-W-A-S-S-E-E. I hate to make you listeners do homework. However, I don't know how to say that either. This is the first time for a lot of schools for me that I'm seeing. So I do apologize about that. So Lincoln Christian, Hiwassee College, 12th, 16th September. That's at Western Hills. Carlo on the 28th. That's a conference game. And I believe just one more game at Western Hills on the 19th against Ohio Christian. Again, a conference game for Cincinnati Christian. For the women, they either play their games at Xavier or Cincinnati. They're at Xavier's Soccer Complex or Gettler Stadium. Their first home game won't be for a while, although they will host Cincinnati or they will be at Cincinnati Claremont on the 31st of August. St. Mary of the Woods on the 5th of September. That's at Xavier. Anderson, Indiana comes in to Xavier on the 13th. Mount Vernon, Nazarene on the 18th, which I think is in Columbus. Not entirely sure. Could be in Mount Vernon, Ohio. You know how the name goes, but I think there's a branch of Mount Vernon in Columbus. That doesn't matter much. Point Park at Xavier on the 30th, and Russia on the 14th, and IU East 21st, that's also at Xavier. For the UC home games, Oakland City comes into town on the 15th, Carlo, a conference battle on the 28th, and that's all she wrote for the home games for Cincinnati Christian, and that covers every single college football and soccer. I do apologize for having to cut out a lot of the road games for the non-D1 schools, but that's done to save time. You can go to the School of Your Choices website to find those schedules. As I look on Audacity and realize, wow, we have took over an hour pre-editing to talk about football and soccer collegially. And I look on my listings of what I wanted to talk about. We might have to save college volleyball for an upcoming an upcoming episode of the podcast. Doug Brown made the college volleyball schedule for me. I want to thank him for taking the time to do that. As we tell you about some other fall sports happening around Dayton. The Dayton Dragons will host their playoff game on September the 6th against the West Michigan Whitecaps. Dayton won the season series 11-8, 11 wins against 8 losses against West Michigan. And at the time, West Michigan, the best minor league squad out there. They have 80-plus wins already on the season. This is a very good Whitecaps squad, despite losing most of their high-powered guns after the All-Star break. The Whitecaps are a good team. However, Dayton has handled them pretty well. It is a best-of-three series. Dayton gets one home game, West Michigan up to two. And both games will be at a fifth-third ballpark of your choice. At Dayton, is at fifth-third field downtown, and West Michigan plays at fifth-third ballpark in Comstock Park, Michigan. Also a couple years Home to that awful fire that knocked out most of the park. How quickly they rebuilt that park, especially that was during the winter when it was 
I don't think it was below zero, but it was pretty darn close. Considering how quick they built that part of the ballpark up, hats off. That is strong work. Dayton, however, has been playing a lot better ball. They have only dropped two of their last nine. They have one back-to-back four-game series at home against West Michigan and on the road at Lake County. The first game of that Lake County series was kind of a dud for the Dragons. They lost 10-1 to and only picked up three hits in the match. However, Dayton responded quite nicely, and last night they dropped Bowling Green 12 to nothing. This Dragons team, if they start to come together, they might make it to the second round. Right now, if they get past West Michigan the first round, I don't like being one of these people that just looks past, you know, the intended target of the playoffs. However, right now it would be Bowling Green, Hot Rods, and the Fort Wayne Tin Caps. And the winner of that best of three would take on the winner of Dayton West Michigan. So that's what you have to look at. And the winner of that series would take on the winner of the West. If I remember right, it is Kane County and Cedar Rapids that won the first half. Quad Cities, they have about an eight-game lead in the second half. Peoria right now hanging on tight to a wild-card spot. The Peoria, Illinois Chiefs. And the Quad City River Bandits, once known as the Swing of the Quad Cities. And the jerseys with the mish-sized numbers, if you remember that. Uh, Texas Longhorn Orange and Sky Blue. Yes, you can look it up on the internet. I swear, it's on there. There's also the Mead Cup, a very big tournament for youth soccer, September 2nd and 4th. And what I remember from this, hopefully I'm not misremembering soccer tournaments, but this one of the biggest in the area. This year they have two locations. Ankening Soccer Complex in Beaver Creek and Oak Grove Park in Centerville off of Social Row Road. Also you got the Backyard Blitz and the Crosstown Showdown coming up. I do apologize about not looking deeply into high school sports in this episode. But like I mentioned, I did not plan on taking an hour talking about Collegiate football and soccer, but lo and behold, I did. Also, for you hockey fans, the Cincinnati Thunder, now calling Northland Ice Center and Evendale, Ohio home. They're back in Cincinnati, the Thunder are. Their season starts September 9th. They play mostly weekend games, Saturday, Sunday, so means you can watch these kids play. They'll be in school around the Cincinnati area, and then once the weekend hits, bam, it's junior hockey time. Had a lot of fun broadcasting the Thunder games that I did last season at South Metro Sports. High school hockey, however, doesn't really start until November. So keep your eye on that. And yes, that will be a future episode where I just talk nothing but high school hockey. Count on it. Next episode is a very special one. We're going to record that Tuesday. Maybe even stream it live. Ooh. Brian Reese and Doug Brown have agreed to an interview. For episode 7, we're going to talk about the birth of GCSN. We're going to talk about what the station means to the Miami Valley. You can visit them at gemcitysports.com. That's the official home of this podcast. And they have definitely built up a very strong internet radio station. 
Also some interesting news in high school sports. In Indiana and Kentucky, high school football starts a week before. So the Richmond Red Devils and the Connorsville Spartans tangled in Richmond, Indiana. The Spartans have not beaten the Red Devils since 1939. They did last week in OT 22-16. I believe that was the final score. Just think about that. Richmond beating Connorsville all those years from 1940 until 2016. What a record. I think that's 77, 78 years. So a great win for the Connorsville Spartans. And speaking of high school sports, check out the coverage on GemCitySports.com for Soccer Saturday as Brian Reese has the play-by-play of local high school soccer. Miamisburg at Wayne is the first on tap Saturday, and he'll have the call from Huber Heights, Ohio. Can't listen to the game live? Well, it'll be archived right afterwards. You can also visit GemCitySports.com, check out the schedule. Next week we will give you the whole rundown of the schedule, and hopefully we'll get into college volleyball. By that time, however, college volleyball will have already started as Wright State and Dayton hit the road for tournaments. For Dayton, they'll be, leave at the Northern Illinois tournament, and Wright State makes the trip to California. They're at the Long Beach Classic. Flyers and Raiders getting ready to start off. D1 Volleyball, another season underway. College soccer, women's already started. Men's starting this week. This broadcaster and announcer is tired, and the season hasn't even begun. And that's counting two exhibition matches and two regular season matches for UC. And this season is going to be outstandingly busy. And I cannot wait. Do apologize for cutting the episode short for college volleyball, but we'll try to get to that next week. Brian Reese, Doug Brown for Episode 7 and Episode 8. Our good friend Mark Schlemmer will come back and join us for round number 2. Wrestling and racing, or wrestling as he says, I think that's what he says, and racing will be talked about. We'll talk a little local NFL, we'll talk a little bit Sunday sports. Of course, that's what the podcast is for, local Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio sports. This is Lee W. Mowen signing off. Don't forget to check out these schools that I mentioned and give them your support. These athletes work hard and they deserve your fanship. They are they're excellent representatives of the Cincinnati Dayton area. This is Lee W. Mallon signing off for episode six of the Gem on the Queen's Crown. <laughs> <laughs>